I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric at home of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. Alan Laporte joins us from the Sports Illustrated this morning. Alan, how are you? Doing well. How are you doing today? Good. It was a rough one yesterday. This is a misery Monday, an overreaction Monday. Are you here to take talk me off the ledge? Um, it, you know what? I think this season we're going to be having a lot of highs and lows, uh, probably more lows than highs. And um, this this fan base and everybody, I think, is a, can be a little too reactionary. But uh, I think we all need to just take a step back and breathe and remember what the roster is and what the talent is on this roster um, and realize their you know, Super Bowl expectations went out the window. I mean, there really aren't any. I think development is, is the key for this year. And uh, we've seen some, some good things and we've seen some horrific things happen uh, with positions we've been worried about going into uh, going into the season. The offensive line was horrible yesterday. Brandon Scherf was not particularly well even before he got hurt. Uh, what do we know about the initial uh, prognosis for 75? Is that a knee or an ankle? Uh, from my understanding, is nothing. We'll probably learn more later this week. It looked like uh, his it was a knee um, from initially just from watching everything yesterday and watching replays. Um, it tends to happen with offensive linemen. People run into you, you get rolled up on. Um, but but I'm sure, you know, everyone will will apprise us of his injury uh, as the week progresses. Ron, Ron doesn't like to give up too much too soon, too early. What is it about the play calling early on that um, doesn't seem to get Dwayne in a rhythm that they fix at halftime? He's been a slow starter two weeks in a row now. Yeah, so what I've seen from the film is that they want to want to try to uh, establish a run, try to get some short passes going, get get Dwayne into a rhythm, and ultimately what happens, the line just doesn't hold up. Uh, you know, Jerron Christian was horrific for a second week in a row. Um, he continuously gets beaten to the outside, gets caught flat-footed on his heels. Wes Martin improved a little bit uh, yesterday. Uh, he still has a little bit of ways to go. Uh, but but I'm extremely uh, encouraged uh, by what we saw last year and maybe even coming into this year, um, how the improvement can go. So I think it's a little bit of that. And last week, you know, Ron told Scott, you know, just kind of keep it simple. Don't try to do too much. Um, I'm wondering if that might have been the case again today or Sunday uh, against Arizona, worrying about you know high flying offense um, and just trying to eat up too much clock. I think, you know, trying to come in and keep it simple is where they need to be going from here on. They didn't give it to the motion man once yesterday. Is that by design? Was he not open? I I don't understand running the motion six or seven times and not actually handing it to the motion man. Yeah. So uh, a motion, it's not always necessarily handing the ball to the motion man. It's more just, trying to get an idea of where the defensive players are lining up. Um, now it could be uh, a read option to the motion man. And uh, if it, if they're in man, you know, you might want to hand it off to the, the back or if they're in zone, you want to hand it off to the, to the motion man. It, it really, I think all depends on what the defense gives them. And also sending a player in motion allows for the quarterback to get a better idea of what defense is 
being given. Again, it goes back to uh, it being man. If you put a man in motion, you're going to have that guy, that defensive player follow him, uh, which, you know, highlights that it's probably a one or a two uh, deep safety read um, or maybe even a blitz that's coming. Uh, and if it's zone, you won't re- you'll probably have more of a rotation by the linebackers than in a specific defender. So I think that's a lot of a lot of what they're trying to do is get an idea of what the defense is giving Dwayne. They threw the ball to the running backs twice yesterday, one reception for minus three yards. It's not exactly what the offensive coordinator told us the offense was going to look like in the preseason. Yeah, so, uh, I I mean, it's in general, when you're talking in generals about what the offense is going to look like, um, you know, there is going to be a lot of running back play. I think uh, with Arizona and the way, San Francisco was able to play Arizona last week. You wanted to see more slant and intermediate routes from your tight ends, from your slot receivers. The running backs didn't necessarily get involved uh, when the 49ers played Carol, uh, played Arizona. Um, and it's the San Francisco seemed to have success. I think it's more attributed to uh, the, the timing uh of the tight end, you know, the passes to the tight ends and the slot receivers and trying to just keep trying to push the ball downfield more. Um, and also the the Cardinals tend to have more speed when it comes to covering running backs than the Philadelphia Eagles did last week. So I think that's uh, trying to change it up and, and have a little variety and give them something that's not seen on film too much. So I think it's it's early. We're two games in. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they handle, handle Cleveland next week, who seems to uh, thrive in more of a, a zone defense type of scheme. I watched, started watching the film back this morning, or at least the, the game broadcast. Uh, the D actually played fairly well. They got the ball back after that Collins interception, and the O-line couldn't block anybody. Do you think that Sadiq Charles ends up getting to play left tackle this week? I think they're going to be calls start doing that and I think it'll all come down to health and how he's progressed obviously he was injured throughout training camp and probably didn't get the amount of reps that the coaches wanted to see to feel comfortable to put a rookie left tackle in there um but it's definitely something to keep an eye on this week is how does Charles look is he healthy is he starting to get more reps with the first team um now you could say going against Cleveland who doesn't have as dominant of a pass rush as Arizona and as uh, Philadelphia, I mean, there's there's still Miles Garrett, uh, but he tends to you know some more than the left. Um, so I think they might give Jerron Christian one more week, but ultimately this this is going to be City Charles' position at left tackle. Um, I, I think no later than I think the fifth game of the year, and that might be might be a little bit too late for some fans, but at the same time, having no preseason, no OTAs. Um, and a modified training camp has really put uh, what we all thought has really put Ron Rivera and and this team in a hole when it comes to really evaluating the talent they have. Even after the ball comes out, uh, after the college interception, they hit Murray. It's a three and out, and Sims fumbles the punt return. Do you think that they'll consider putting somebody else back there and just allowing Sims to concentrate on being a receiver? Yeah, and I think so. So Sims, Sims was definitely an upgrade over Trey Quinn last season, and I think Trey Quinn was just so bad uh, on tape at punt return that with what Sims was doing, it just got everybody excited because we were just 
so used to seeing bad punt return decisions. Uh, now they have uh, undrafted rookie Isaiah Wright out of Temple, who was a special teams. Um, I mean, he was a specialist on special teams. He has a lot. He's a quick titch, quick twitch. Uh, he has great ball vision. Um, when it comes to taking the ball on the field, uh, I think he is somebody who is. Uh, can excel at that and somebody who I would want to see back there more. I think Isaiah Wright is somebody, if we had preseason games, uh, we would have seen take uh, plenty of punt and kick returns returns during that time to give him reps. Uh, special teams was not emphasized on a lot during training camp. Uh, so I think that's a part of a result of what we're seeing. It, and it's something we've seen around the league is poor punt returns executions. Um so I think Sims will probably get another game or two to get Isaiah right up to speed. And the decision will have to be made um, with that here shortly because they can't afford to turn the ball over with, with how the offense is playing right now, especially on special teams. Schweitzer moves in to right guard when Sheriff goes down. Uh, do you think that that's – does he stay there or will they put Ishmael in? I think if they wanted to put Ishmael in at guard, they would have last game. Uh, Schweitzer – um, has more experience at right guard. Ishmael is more of a center and play guard. Uh, but Schweitzer uh, has a rough idea of what the offense is supposed to be. He's uh, definitely a mauler in the run game, which helps open things up. And we saw that a little bit when Schweitzer came in, uh, helped open things up for Antonio Gibson, who scored his first career touchdown. Uh, so I think uh, ultimately if Sheriff ends up staying out for an extended period of time, Schweitzer will be your starting right guard. Uh, but Ishmael, I'm sure, who has improved and impressed during camp and during the early parts of the season, uh, could end up seeing some time at guard uh, if it warrants it. Who do you put mostly for the struggles on offense early in games? That's a play calling that problem. That's the that's yeah, a Haskins so just not the, being ready. The scheme, I I think the scheming has been good. Uh, I think the uh, but it's the execution that's been lacking, and a lot of that really it ultimately has seemed to boil down to really poor offensive line play. You know, Dwayne Haskins has been forced to throw the ball the quickest the past two weeks in the NFL, averaging between two point two and two point three seconds of release time. Um, which is not necessarily great because you want a clean pocket for about three seconds, three to four seconds before you really have to worry about scrambling around. Um, and a lot of that is because uh, West Martin has been pushed right back into Haskins lap. You've seen uh, Brennan Sheriff been pushed back right into Haskins lap and Jaron Christian can't seem to figure his left foot from his right foot and whether or not to extend his arms or, you know, stick his butt out too much. So uh, I think the offensive line play to start off and not really being in the zone is what's slowed things down. Uh, they looked great. They looked good in the, the first drive. Uh, they had opportunities to, to extend it. Um, but the, the poor offensive line play is what's leading to Haskins inaccuracies a lot early on. Uh, that and they're certainly not good enough to turn the ball over twice. No, no, not at all. And, and that's something we, we saw from Haskins week one is that uh, it, it, no turnovers by Haskins um, will, will give them the opportunity to stay in games. And Luck is one of those quarterbacks where he learns from his mistakes. Uh, he's kind of got a, uh, a Rex Grossman type mindset where he just kind of forgets about it. Uh, he doesn't let it bother him um, and he learns from it and doesn't make the same mistake twice. So I don't think we'll, you know, 
throughout the season, at least we'll, we'll see him make those same mistakes again. Um, and, it'll, and it'll all come down to really the type of pressure that the defensive line and any blitz packages um, that get brought against the offensive line and, and Haskins uh, when it comes to the interceptions and the turnover was clearly Morgan Moses's fault, by letting the, uh, the guy come in and just beat him to the punch and the pocket just was eviscerated, which led to the fumble. Yeah, they both got smoked on that one because 75 gets turned around on that one, too. That wasn't his fault. It's a tough one for Haskins. Am I wrong? He hasn't thrown an interception since the end of last season sometime, right? Week 14 or 15? Yeah, yeah, I think think you're right. Uh, It it was one of his first – or one of his final first starts as being the starter. Um, obviously the, the game where he was plugged in early in the year, uh, you know, was a good learning lesson, but once he was given the range by, by Bill Callahan, uh, you know, he made his fair share of mistakes, which any rookie does who has a coaching staff that doesn't believe in him and didn't want him. Uh, but he, he's improving. And, and I think we'll start seeing a little bit more of that as the season goes on. And once they figure out this offensive line situation. Yeah, it was odd yesterday. They didn't throw a slant until the third quarter. And I don't know why. Some of those quick crossers and slants aren't being used early in the game. Uh, it might have been a part of it. I mean, they, so part of it might have just been what the defense was giving them. But Logan Thomas was targeted um, fairly often. So was Dontrell Inman uh, over the middle. And they might not have been quick slants, uh, but they were targeted in crossing routes over the middle. Um, you know, Logan Thomas is somebody that it's clear Dwayne Haskins trusts. Uh, to try to catch the ball and make plays. Logan Thomas was targeted nine times uh, throughout the course of the game, Inman five times, uh, Sims five times. Uh, those three guys do a lot of their damage over the middle. Um, and then Terry McLaurin, who seemed to not, you know, except for maybe a couple of throws, he just wasn't a part of the offense uh, the first half. Again, that might be part, part of that. could be because of the offensive line problems. Um, but I think they need to adjust going into Cleveland especially against the zone defense that, that, you know, I mentioned before Cleveland likes to play a, a slant route by McLaurin uh, could do some damage. He's got, he's got some quick shifty speed. Uh, I, I kind of compare that speed to what Michael Thomas does in, in New Orleans uh, on those slant routes. He's, he's does a great job of avoiding defend, defenders over the middle and getting that extra yardage. Yeah. I think it was the second quarter when Terry McLaurin smoked Patrick Peterson uh, but there was just no time for uh, number seven to find him. Uh, the running backs played well. Yet, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, there were a couple other times where Haskins had McLaurin, where one McLaurin, uh, who doesn't drop a ball all that much, uh, all that often, he dropped a ball along the sideline, had um, had him beat uh, for a toe t- uh, what would have been a toe tapping long uh, pass along the sideline, and then uh, on the fumble. Uh, by Haskins, he had McLaurin in the end zone for a touchdown. He just needed just maybe a, a nanosecond longer to, to release the ball, and Haskins saw him. Um, so so he, he's looking for McLaurin. It's just a matter of uh, getting that time to get the ball to him. I'm glad you said that. I was getting ready to make that point. He, he, uh, he was wide open in the end, end zone for sure. Uh, yesterday, hey, just to finish up on the offense, they, he didn't look great before he went down. There's no way they pay Scherf next year, right? He walks. I think Scherf's done with the Washington football team now. I uh, I think it all depends on the amount of money that Sheriff wants. 
I, I would not pay him with the amount of games he's missed over the past couple of years. I wouldn't pay him top dollar right guard money. Um, I would not franchise tag him. Uh, I would call his bluff and see if another franchise is willing to give him that money. If not, maybe he's willing to come back on, you know, on a two, three year deal um, for, for you know, less than 10 million a year. But um, you know, I haven't had a chance to really look into what free agents are available next year uh, in the guard class um, veteran wise. And it's a deep offensive line draft. And, you know, the Redskins have draft picks this upcoming year. Uh, and they could very easily decide to just take a bunch of offensive linemen and wide receivers um, and linebackers. So I, they, Washington has options. Um, I just don't think they'll break the bank for somebody whose um, availability is starting to wane over the past couple of seasons. No, I completely agree with you. The defense actually, first of all, before we get to the defense, uh, Kyler Murray is special. He's electric. He's on his way to an MVP one of these years, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I I mean, he's he's Russell Wilson reincarnate, to be totally honest. The way you watch him, um, my, my biggest concern, and he he was kind of he was my QB one coming out of the draft, but with a caveat. Uh, he was like him and Haskins was was one B to two. Um, was was he going to be able to hold up and uh, avoid the big hits, the type of hits that um, you saw Robert Griffin take, that you saw Cam take? Uh, he's not a big guy, uh, but he's he's very smart uh, in his decisions on when to slide, when to get out of bounds. Uh, so I think if, as long as he holds up, he's going to be an, I think an MVP in the next three to five years. I just, I don't understand why his name isn't being brought up early on in the first two weeks, the way he, um, the way he engineered that comeback last week against San Francisco, the way he just absolutely picked apart the the, the Washington football team defense. Uh, but I think the more, national exposure he gets, people will start jumping on board and putting him apart as a part of the MVP conversation. He's a star. Uh, and to Haskins' credit, they have surrounded him with extreme talent. And he's been in that same system essentially his whole career. Um, yeah, he, he, so. and, uh, he and Haskins came out the same year, if I remember correctly. Um I might be a year off, but, but yeah, I mean, it was him and Cliff Kingsbury. Um, they're, they're attached to the hip and, and Cliff is doing what he can to make sure that Aller has the weapons around him, has the offensive line to protect him and is tailoring the offense to his strengths and always coming up with new unique ways to, to get the ball to playmakers. And I think this is something that we could end up eventually seeing in about a year or two with Washington is once they get the playmakers, once they get the offensive line help for Haskins, uh, you can start seeing a little bit of what we're seeing in Arizona. Now, Scott Turner doesn't run a um, an air raid aerial um, offense, but it's it's something similar to it. And I think that's what has me excited about the future of this offense. Kevin Pierre-Lewis started showing us a little bit yesterday of what the coaches have seen. He's fast. He is, but you don't want to put him on a tight end. I think that's <laughs> – you want to put him in coverage. You, you um, want to – have him manned up if possible, uh, but more spine. He's definitely a good run defender uh, and somebody out there you want uh, to help spy on the quarterback. Uh, yeah, I think they they were hurt by not having, uh, being able to rotate in Cole Holcomb and, uh, you know, Kalike Hudson still learning the game and Thomas Davis. I haven't seen the snap counts, but I don't think we saw much of Thomas Davis uh, yesterday. Um 
so there are definitely some uh, some areas that KPL needs to work on. Uh, but he he definitely has that speed that's been lacking in the linebacking core for Washington for a couple of years now. Yeah, I wonder if that just has to do with game reps. Because uh, you're right, he he got torched by the tight ends in that week one game against uh, Philadelphia. And Arizona just doesn't use – I think Larry Fitzgerald's probably their closest thing to a t- tight end that they use. Uh, Apke was putrid. That, that's There's nothing we can do about that, right? Unless you find a free safety that is not Earl Thomas, yes. Uh, uh, there's nothing you can really do about it. I um, I think they'll end up giving Apke a couple more games. I, this is something we're just going to have to grit our teeth and um, and deal with throughout the season and hope Apke gets better at taking angles and not getting caught flat-footed. Uh, he took a really poor angle on the first Kyler Murray touchdown, uh, I believe it was. Uh, and it just really was, it's, it's something that they, they need, really need to work on him with. And uh, when it comes to being flat-footed, he's, I think, sometimes is doing what Ronald Darby did a lot last year in Philadelphia, is he was looking too much in the backfield to make a play that's not there, and he's not staying disciplined enough, enough to do what his job is. Uh, if if Aki doesn't improve, I'd ex- I would not be surprised if Cameron Curl ends up being the starting free safety, uh, or even uh, you know rotating Kendall Fuller to free safety. That's something that Ron Rivera talked about during the offseason Is Fuller is versatile. He can play slot. He can play on the outside. He can play free safety when needed. Uh, so if Jim Moreland keeps playing as well as he did has the past couple of weeks, you know where uh, it could you could see uh, a defensive backfield where you have. Moreland, Moreau, Darby, and Fuller on at the same time, but with Fuller and free safety. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I believe that Kansas City did that a bunch last year, uh, moved uh, moved Fuller into the safety spot. Uh, I'm interested to see, and I'll have to go back and look at the tape. You said 20 had a good game. The When I watched it back this morning just a little bit, he gave up at least five first downs to Larry Fitzgerald and was the only man other than Apke and Collins to play every snap for the secondary. I've not yeah, so sold on the, 20 uh, like the same way everybody else is. Yeah, so I, when I was looking at the film and I, and I was watching, I watched a little bit of the playback, and when I was watching the game yesterday, I was noticing that they, I don't know, I don't know if this was um, audible that the line and changed or if this is something Jack Del Rio wanted to do. They were playing a lot of soft zone. They were giving a lot of cushion. Uh, to to Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins, and this was something I had talked about last week. Was they're going to have to play up against the line, against those you know bubble screens, against the the traditional wide receiver screens. Um, but a couple of the the first down receptions by Larry Fitzgerald uh, on out routes were you know you saw Moreland playing five yards off the line, uh, you know seven yards off the line, which had me completely baffled. Which makes me think it was more scheme than it was anything else. Uh, if Moreland was playing more up on Fitzgerald, it might be a different story. Uh, there might not have been as many first down receptions. So I think that was more scheme and putting Moreland in a bad position than it was actually uh, Moreland's poor execution. Okay. Uh, they seem to do a lot more rotating on the defensive line this week. Um, do you think that's something that they learned from last week that they needed to do more? Was the quarterback scrambling and keeping them tired more? Uh, what do you think? Did you notice that the way I did? 
Yeah. So and this was something that was talked about by Jack and uh, and Ron was that they were going to rotate the defensive line, uh, and you know nobody was going to you know play a full hundred percent snaps, and maybe you know Chase Young might play you know one game sixty percent of the snaps, and the other games will play 90 percent of the snaps. Uh, they want to make sure they keep everybody fresh, uh, so they could put pressure on on the quarterback and really tire out the offensive line. I think they made an emphasis on it this week uh, because of the way Kyler can scramble. Uh, and I, and you saw this a little bit. Montez Sweat, uh, when he was chasing down Kyler towards the end of the game, uh, he looked like he still had a little bit left in the tank. And the rotation of the defensive lineman, I, I believe, was part of that uh, reason why. So they want to make sure that they keep the legs fresh, uh, you know, as uh, old USA hockey coach Herb Brooks would say, the legs feed the wolves. And in this case, uh, if they feed the defensive line uh, and they want to try to beat up the offensive line as much as possible by doing that. And it's similar to what the Philadelphia Eagles did in their Super Bowl run. They had all these, you know, really dynamic pass rushers and interior linemen, and they just rotated a lot. And that's what helped lead them to, to Super Bowl victory. And so I think Ron's going to try to duplicate that and keep everybody as fresh as possible. Cameron Curl continues to be the bright spot of the season. He keeps forcing his way onto the field. He had a pretty good game yesterday as well, didn't he? He did, and he continues to shine, and I feel like a complete um, idiot for, for not having him on my projected final roster. I had him early in camp, and then I let other people talk me out of it, and I did not listen to my my heart. I let, let myself talk myself out of that. He is somebody who is instinctive. Uh, he can be a ball hawk when he needs to be. He's a sure tackler. He's And he can play special teams uh, really well. He is somebody that can match up well with a tight end, too. And we saw that the second half of the game with the Eagles. And he's somebody I figured would probably shadow Larry Fitzgerald more um, on the inside. I don't know if again, you've got to go back and look at the coach's film to really check that out. Um, so I don't know if he did that that much. But he's somebody who can really negate you know, a really good tight end uh, and and a really big slot receiver, uh, so it, I'm not I'm not terribly surprised that he's excelled this much. Uh, I'm really looking forward to see how he continues to grow this year. And I think if uh, you know again if Aki continues to really play poorly, we probably could see more of Cameron Curl uh, on the back end of the defense as well. Well, you're not the only one that missed on Curl. I think most of us did. And in fact, I've had several guys on the show that said. He was too slow, and that that's why they didn't even have him on a, a draft board. Um, sometimes, to your point, instincts are more important than speed. I think maybe we're learning that with Apke, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Apke, when he wants to get his nose in there and make a big tackle, he can tackle. I, I, that's probably one of his – you know, it was probably a plus-plus for me when Apke was coming out of Penn State, uh, was his ability to wrap up and hit and tackle. And that's something that – Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera and the defensive back coach want to see out of their their safeties and their cornerbacks is someone who's going to really get in there and and make those plays. Uh, I just don't think it's going to end up being enough if he keeps being a detriment to uh, to how he takes angles and how he keeps letting guys guys beat him over the top. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Kyler Murray is going to make a lot of people look silly, but you could see that he would pull up. And if he'd have just ran, run straight through his tackle, at least one of those touchdowns, I'm not saying he didn't eventually get in, but I, I watched it this morning, at least one of those, if he just runs straight through the tackle, 
he hits him, but he, he hesitates for a second. And I wonder yeah. if that isn't his problem. He, he hesitates too much. Uh, Rivera quit on the game. Is that fair to say? I'm sorry. What was that? I said Rivera quit on the game. He ended with three timeouts in his pocket. Is that is that a fair assessment <laughs> that he quit on the game? That is going to be – I cannot wait to hear his press conference um, today, and it's something that we all should be asking him and really um, questioning. Uh, you know, we all killed Jay when he did things like this, and we should honestly get on Ron about this. Uh, I know he said he was concerned about injuries and maybe his players getting injured. Um which yeah, is ridiculous, right? Because I, I if you're worried, I, if you're worried about, I, I, if you're worried I about them getting injured, the, then you kneel the yeah, ball I would never down. Put the work in the same sense as Robert Barry. Um, no. I'm very hesitant to do that uh, because he is somebody who uh, doesn't quit on his players. At least in Carolina, he didn't. I don't see him quit on any of his players right now, especially with uh, how poor some of these players are are playing. Um, I, I want to hear more from him before I make a judgment, to be totally honest. I, I know it's going to be controversial, and a lot of fans are going to throw their hands up. A lot of media are going to throw their hands up. Uh, but I'm really hesitant to put the word quit and Ron Rivera in the same sentence. Well, and that's fair, and, he, and he's earned that. But the original reason was to keep the players from getting injured. And if that's the case, then you take two knees and, and call it a wrap. Instead, he gives, hands the ball off to Gibson at least once or twice more before that, right? Yeah, and again, I think it just comes down to maybe he break, you know, maybe Gibson breaks a run. Gibson was, you know, one or two plays away from being really over 100 yards rushing, and if Gibson broke a run, maybe maybe that's different. Uh, but you know, you're seeing your your, your franchise quarterback getting bruised and battered and then everything that happened across the league, you know, maybe that kind of creeped in and, and Rivera just wanted to play it a little extra safe this week uh, and get ready to travel to Cleveland next week uh, with also a tough, you know, a tough sledding schedule coming up here in the next few, few weeks as well. Uh, but, but we'll, we'll need to hear more from Ron uh, as the week progresses. Game balls are tough to give out after a loss, but if you had to give one out on offense and one out on defense, who you got? Uh, I would say Antonio Gibson scoring his first touchdown as a rookie. I, uh, I had noticed that with, uh, you know, the, the game against Philadelphia, they were, they were scheming him right. Uh, the Eagles rush defense was just supposed to be just that tough. And with offensive line played, it wasn't going to, uh, bode well for the rookie, but the way Arizona, um, played against the 49ers defense, or I'm sorry, offense, it, it was it was only a matter of time before Gibson put it in the end zone, and uh, you know I predicted that last week he's going to score a lot more, uh, and he uh, definitely had a better game this week. So Antonio Gibson for me gets the offensive game ball, uh, and on defense, man, that is uh, huh, that's a big one uh, to ask because um, no nobody really stood out. I I would give it to man. Let's just say Chase Young for, for a sack and, you know, four tackles and two tackles for a loss. Um, he continues to find a way to get home and put pressure on the quarterback and giving other opportunities to uh, to his teammates on the defensive front. Um, so we'll, we'll give it to the rookie, Chase Young. It really was incredible yesterday that the defense gave up 30 points. And frankly, I really thought they played well. Um I think Carolina uh, Phoenix 
going to do that to a lot of teams this year. What uh, you want to give us an early thought on what it's going to look like next Sunday? Yeah, so right now uh, the line is, at least per ESPN, uh, Cleveland is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Washington. Um, I think what you'll probably see is a little bit more of Antonio Gibson, uh, whether it's going to be a read option or RPO, uh, a lot of zone runs from him. They might want to you know, look at maybe stretching it out a little bit more with Gibson or with Barber, making you know, Miles Garrett have to really choose and decide where – he wants to rush from, whether it's the edge or the interior. Uh, and I'd expect to probably see a little bit more Steven Sims in the slot, out of the slot, uh, getting more looks. Dontrell Inman has looked okay, but Steve Sims is really the third receiver you want there. And obviously McLaurin uh, and Logan Thomas will get their shares. You know, Thomas, I would expect to see another from him and, you know, might be a good streaming option in daily fantasy. And then Terry McLaurin, you're going to plug and play him. Uh, no matter what, he'll probably see another 10-plus targets uh, this week as well and could very well see another 100-yard receiving game. Yeah, I also saw that Antonio Gandy-Golden got a couple snaps. Um, I'd be curious to see how much more they'll work him into the offense next week. Alan, thank you so much. Tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Alan Lepore, A-L-A-N-L-E-P-R-E. One word. You can also find me uh, si.com slash NFL slash Washington football, uh, as well as over on Alabama, over at Full Press Coverage Washington, so you can catch some work over there. Alan, thank you so much for your time. Alan Lapore, everybody. Thank you.